0: Take it easy, pretending and took it over. Took it over. A lot of foreign talk, but dreaming up on a soft
1: this... What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Leak from Sports League Podcast. And I'm here with the Kendon Monarchs. I'm here with James stand back. Pierre Forte, Coach Stan Laws. Yes. And James and Pierre, what positions do you play?
2: Uh, point guard, uh,
1: shooting guard, and small forward. All
3: right. And you're the
1: coach. Head coach. Head coach. <laughs> Head coach. All right. So, what is it like being the point guard and playing against tough competition?
2: Uh, you got to be able to manage the floor. That's a big responsibility. Being able to get everybody open, um, and also being able to create for others. So being able to be a good playmaker on the court. James,
1: what's, like- what's James? What's it like being a uh, two guard in the ABA? Uh,
0: it's a lot of running to do because you got to you got to get yourself open, run around the screens, be able to catch and shoot when you're tired, and uh, also be able to help control the ball with with the point
3: guard when he gets tired also.
1: So, Coach Dan, what is it like going against other coaches in the the ABA?
3: Um, It's it's very rewarding for us. Um, This is our first year, so I'm just kind of getting the feel of how the league is and um, strategizing and putting together game plans to combat whatever the other teams are doing.
1: That's right, because you guys are, since your first year, you guys are an expansion team. What's it like coaching and finding new players
3: uh, it's been great, man. Um, the players that we have that came into training camp, um, they're looking good. We're growing as a team. We just added Pierre as our, our um, another point guard, and um, we're doing great. I mean, these guys are awesome.
1: So, Pierre, you, just, you just, like we just mentioned before, you were just at it. What are the challenges of being a new player in the ABA?
3: Uh, being a new player,
2: you've got to find your comfort zone. So you've got to figure out where, where you're good at on the court, uh, what you bring to the team, and, uh, you know, just how you can provide something so that you can do what's best for the team. Okay, okay.
1: And James, so you mentioned about um, talking about um, running off the of screens. Like, how, how else do you create for your own shot in ABA?
0: Um, how I create for my own self is I can go off the of screens or I can uh, call to play for myself and try to create for other people instead of just creating for myself.
1: Do you have a particular go-to move that you like to, you like to go to?
0: No, I don't have a go-to move, but if I if I had to pick one, it would be uh probably to my back my back to the basket and do a little uh LeBron fadeaway.
1: <laughs> cool. So, Pierre, who do you look up to in the, in the um like who are some of your favorite players growing up and who did you look for like copy your game from who did you start your game after?
2: Uh somebody that I copied my game off. I think I, it would be uh Chris Paul somebody that I really looked up to. Um, then when I, I saw uh, Russell Westbrook come on oh, the scene, yeah. I started to yeah. try to get some uh, some bounce, so.
1: Oh, so you, you're out here catching bangers out here?
2: I can dunk a little bit, Where? a little bit. A little okay, bit. okay, okay, cool.
1: James, I'm, you're six 6 I'm pretty sure you can dunk, right?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Did
1: you get any crazy
3: facials this season?
0: Uh, not yet, but I plan to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what is it like playing, uh, coaching these uh, dynamic duo and, and James and Pierre?
3: Uh, man, it's been a pleasure. Um... I mean, we just gelling together. We're in the middle of the season now, and so we're looking for bigger and better things. We're uh, approaching the playoffs uh, probably maybe another month or so. And so uh, we're looking to go in with force. Wow, so
1: players are coming, so it's crunch time then.
3: Yeah, 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 we, got, we still got a lot of W's to get, and um, we're just gelling at the right time. I think we're peaking there. Good. Good. It's always
1: good to gel right before the playoffs. You get that nice chemistry going. And So who is like your, your top rival so far?
3: Uh, we really don't really have a top rival right now. And I mean, um, right now, I, would, I guess the, the Harlem underdogs. I mean, they uh, we beat them here in, in, in Camden, and they beat us in, in um, New York. And then I believe, I would say, a team from another conference, on the Mid-Atlantic Conference, probably the Baltimore team. So we, we want to get them again. Hopefully we'll get them on our, in our place. Cause okay. They got us good down there.
1: Okay. So, Pierre, you're from North Philly. The home of Allen Iverson. Well, he's actually from um, Virginia, but Allen Iverson played for the Sixers. So what was that like, just watching him as a hometown local guy?
2: Uh, it, was, it was great. I think a lot of kids that grew up watching him tried to model their game, whether, you know, using the crossover. Um, it was great watching him. I never, get the, I got, I never got a chance to check, catch a game because I was younger. and Yeah. Dad didn 't take me, but it 's all, oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. but uh, it, like I said, it was great watching him, um, and he 's like one of the people that we inspire our game after, so mm-hmm. it was great okay, cool, cool.
1: so james you're six six two guard, who was your um, favorite two guard growing watching up watching when you were growing up?
0: When I was growing up, my favorite two guard would probably be uh, Tracy McGrady.
1: T Mac, T Mac, yeah. Would you more of like a Houston T Mac fan or like an Orlando T Mac fan?
0: Definitely Houston. Houston <laughs> Definitely.
1: Yeah. Especially when he scored, was it 30, 13 and three seconds? Yeah, you, it
0: was yeah. uh, thirty-three and thirteen
1: seconds. Wow, when he beat the Spurs, yeah, that was crazy. Oh man. Um, so Pierre, who do you um, who do you study or? Prepare more for in the in the league. Is it more Baltimore? Is it more Harlem? Like who's who do you really study for?
2: Well, well being that I'm new, um, I'm still just studying like our offense and f- figuring out what what I can do on the court to just better you know put us in the best situation while we're there. Uh, playing point guard for the came to Monarchs is, uh, you know, it's, it's big because you have to be able to find everybody else, get everybody else involved too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still finding my way. Uh, I played one game so far. So oh, wow, I'll okay. I'll be able to yeah. do more once I see more teams. Right, know? right, yeah. right. Okay, okay.
1: So the three ball is really important in the game right now. How much do you guys use it, and do you are more of a fan of driving to the hole or more of mid-range? We use,
2: I think we use it a fair lot. Um, we like to push the ball, transition. Um Coach Stan always says the best offense is no offense, so <laughs> being able to get the ball up the court. And mm-hmm. um, of course, if we need to run a set, we have a lot of set plays that we can run right. to get either myself open for a three or somebody else like James who can really shoot the ball okay. open for a three, so. Okay. You. Uh, I think I've based my game off a three-point shot,
0: which I which I uh, I shouldn't do because I, I settle too much, but it'll definitely be a three-ball lot. Okay.
3: The,
1: and Coach Dan, how do you feel about using the three-point? Do you, do you like using three-point more, or do you like going inside more more mid-range?
3: Well, like, like, he, like Pierre said, the best offense is no offense, and I like to get out and transition and um, take the best available shot. And um, both of these guys can really shoot the ball um, fairly well, and James is actually our three-point specialist. He's our better three-point shooter on the team. So um, I'm looking for him to put it up every time he's outside the arc.
1: So James, since you're the three point specialist, what's your um, your game high so far in the season?
3: Game high is uh, like
0: points wise or shooting threes. Points, points, wise. points wise. Points wise. is uh, 21, I believe.
1: Who was that against?
3: Yeah, more than that. Yeah, something like that. You, you hit like five or six threes one game.
1: You had 40, James. I was there. I saw it. You had 40 points. You were just making it rain. So how was that? What was it like, to, like being the zone, like just like feeling it.
0: It feels like every every shot you put up, it, it goes in automatically. Mm-hmm. But then, like for the uh, for the other team, it's like they, they're trying to stop you, so they start guarding you at half court or full court at that. Right. So it's a little bit a little bit harder to get the shot up. But my teammates help me to get open and, and get that shot up when I came. That's good. That's
1: good. So, do you prefer do, do you prefer playing at home or playing away?
0: I like playing away.
1: Why is that?
0: Cause I uh, I feed off the off the other crowd talking talking junk to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay.
1: Kind of like Dame Lillard, he has the um, he has the sneakers where he's talking about a fan who was trying to trash talk, trash who was trash talking him, and he's like, "All right, cool," and he gave him forty one, and then he started making this, and he made a sneaker that dedicated that game where he had like all the trash talk you said on the sneaker, and he like dedicated the game to that. So that's pretty dope. So Pierre, since you only played one game, are you um, excited for the playoff push? Yeah, I am. I'm I'm
2: looking to. Kind to just make my own statement for myself. Um, I know that I can score the ball, but like I said, it's just all about figuring out um, the best way to do it in our offense and not having to force it. Okay. You know, it's not, uh, playing pro basketball is different than playing in a rec league where you can get up like a thousand shots, right, right. you know, so if I'm able to get up about 10 shots, you know, I'm trying to see how many I can make out of, you know, the shots or opportunities that I have to be able to shoot right. the ball. Right, okay that's
1: very true, especially playing in a rec league, like you can you just go nut, you just go shoot every shot and, and, and when you're playing pro you got to run sets you got to get everybody to touch the ball and so that's definitely a challenge okay, cool, so coach Dan so what um I, I noticed that you said you like to do go up and down, so like what's your defensive set like or do you like to press? do you like to trap? do you like to press play zone
3: I don't want to reveal that every no <laughs> now we uh we play man to man um full court some half court. And um, we just try to, to be aggressive and, and tenacious on defense and make the other team uncomfortable. Okay. That's, that's the key for us. And, and, of course, rebounding and defending is our motto. So okay. we like to rebound, defend, and then get out in transition.
1: Okay, okay. So, I, guys, I've been mentioning a lot about offense. Now it's time to talk about some defense. All right, so, Pierre, you're the point guard. You're the you're the guy at the top of the key guarding the ball handler. Do you like to um, harass him and like um, force him to give up the ball? Do You like to steal the ball. You like to how do you like to play defense? I
2: mean, I I, I really just pick pick my spots on the court okay. as far as defense. I, I have to know like if a if a guy can't dribble or something like that. I try to figure out which way I need to force him, okay. or um, you know, always trying to force him to help defense if, in case you do get beat because it does happen no mm-hmm. matter how good of a defensive player you are. Um, you know, just basically just trying to put put your team in the best position on defense okay. to win. You know, like sometimes we we want to press full court, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's nothing back there. So why would we even yeah. you know doing it? But you know, yeah. as far as shot clock terms, try to take as much time off the shot clock on defense. So you know, just try to harass them as much as you can. Okay. Yeah. You know? But not 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 try to like cheat a little bit. Yeah. Just try to play in the zone. Because when you
1: cheat, you get beat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: James.
0: For me, I like, to, I like to bait my guy, like make him make him think he has space. And then I try to harass him a little bit. But I think I need to change that up a little bit. I get caught sleeping too much, man. <laughs> I get caught sleeping too much. But uh, uh, we're going to try to uh, make sure we hold, hold the team to a certain amount and stick to the game plan, which is defend that perimeter three-point line because we have a little, a little bit of trouble doing that
1: so the aba invented the, the three-point line in the slam dunk contest it's funny you mentioned um you got to guard the defense of three-point line so what is it like with i guess with a high pick and roll or however like like a v cut or something you feel, like you'll bait them and you will probably cut back to like to go back to three-point line what is it like guarding the three-point line it's all
2: about just communication i mean getting out there at the right time uh, being able to talk to your teammates If you're, if you're the first line of defense uh, the back, Sometimes the back line of defense Has to be able to uh, let you know what's going on behind you So it's just all about communication And being ready uh, on a flight of the ball Being able to get to your man So that's all it really is Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, I
2: say, he, said it, he couldn't have said it no better mm-hmm. It's all about communication Just
0: like he said on a flight of the ball You can't wait when That ball getting in the air You got to be moving just when the ball moves mm-hmm.
1: okay. Coach Stenz, how do you get you guys to play against the defensive against play defense against the three-point line
3: well one first thing we like to do is recognize the shooters okay. and once we realize if a player can shoot it not, it's going to determine how the player is going to guard them in a pick and roll situation such as if he's a shooter we're going to go over the pick if he's a non-shooter we're going to go under and we try to primarily guard either the paint or the three-point line, and we'll, we'll, we'll recover everywhere else and try to, you know, force the player into an uncomfortable shot, and then, like I said, we just want to defend and rebound. That, that's the key, and, and, and get do what we do, okay. and, and that's play offense, and, um, you know, I, I, I like our defensive mindset. Um, I wanted to step up a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's all about gelling together, and like the guys said, communicating. That's going to be the key for us, um, sending guys to help, and we'll probably institute a little bit more trapping as the season go on, um, especially when we find those ball handlers who can't handle that well. <laughs> we're going to be right after them. But other than that, um, we're doing a good job. Um, last game, I think, we came out a little sluggish in the first half. Um, the team scored about 50, 52 points, but the second half we held them to 30 points. So oh, wow. so um, it, it was good to see that, and, and we scored 100. and We were losing at halftime. Fifty two to fifty one. Okay. And uh, we won one sixteen to um 80, 82. Wow. So we really he really played some great defense in the yeah. second half. Yeah, I
1: really locked it on defense in that game. Wow, that's crazy. So you like to so you like to trap. I especially love a trapping too, like especially you get him right there in the corner or right in another corner where just like you, you get all nervous and you start turning around and throwing the ball away and turnovers and easy points and easy dunks and layups. So um speaking about trapping who do, you, who do you try to find? Like who's, who, how, do you, how do you determine who's not a good ball handler? How do you determine who's not a good ball handler?
2: Uh, I mainly look at it whether if they can go both ways mm-hmm. or if they're really just uh, a non-factor. So we know if they're if they, if they catching the ball and they, they don't know what to really do with it or if they can just shoot. A lot of players, if they can just shoot, they can't really put the ball on the ground. Right. Uh, unless James. James can put the ball on the ground and yeah. shoot. But a lot of players that can shoot, Uh, aren't really comfortable putting the ball on the ground so Mm -hmm. that's how we kind of determine who who can really who you can really trap and who you can't okay yeah
1: and james being the off guard how do you determine if some if a guard really can't have do really doesn't have handle
0: they usually they usually tend to stay away from the ball or if they do get the ball they pass it immediately don't look to pass don't look to uh do nothing but shoot or try to pass it back to whoever they got the ball
1: from so especially you being a two-guard, a lot of guys are like catch-and-shoot guys, so you would determine if the guy's are just a catch-and-shoot guy, you know he's not a ball handler, right? Okay. So, Coach Dan, how would you determine if someone's not a good ball handler and how would you trap them?
3: Uh, some of the same things that the, uh, the players uh, stated. Um, we we're monitoring them at the beginning of the game as to how they handle, what hand they are, how strong are they with their um, off hand, And um, we try to um, – once we see that, we try to come together and again communicate. This guy can't do this, or this guy can't do that, and then we'll uh, adjust accordingly. So uh, we'll figure it out. We haven't really done much trapping this year, okay. um, but we're going to probably start. Okay,
1: okay. So, what is it like? Is it in the day of a ABA player? What is it? What's everyday life like?
2: Well, you have to you have to like carry yourself as a professional. You got to take care of your body. Make sure you're always hydrated. Um, it's a it's a job at the end of the day, so you have to make sure that you're always prepared and that you're always at your best ability so that you can provide something for the team. Uh, you got to kind of put your team first um, and take care of yourself at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I, what I would classify it as. Okay. Same thing he
0: said, but plus it's like more like being an example for the young kids and the youth and stuff like that because they look up to us now being that they, they heard it that it's a professional team and they're starting to come out and support us. So you want to send an example, show them that it's not just about playing basketball. It's about when you get off the court, how you carry yourself and stuff like that.
1: So do you guys like always like sign like signs and jerseys and shirts and things after the games?
2: I signed my first jersey uh, oh, nice. <laughs> last nice. game. So how was that? It was exciting. It was, it was really good to do a lot of, you know, somebody come up to you, up to you out of the blue and just ask you to sign a jersey. Mm-hmm. So it's great. It's a great experience. It's got to be like,
1: because like usually, I mean, no one's ever asked anyone for jerseys people normally don't ask ask you for like a signature like so is it was your first time like did that catch you off guard like yeah, it kind
2: it kind of did i was they, I thought they just wanted to take a picture, but mm-hmm. he asked me to sign his jersey so okay. you know it was great okay. yeah.
1: so James, you've been on the team a little bit longer, so how was it like signing jerseys and interacting with the fans
0: I mean it's a great feeling but uh I'm used to it a little bit more because I, I played overseas and fan The fans were a little crazy over there too, and they did the same thing, so it was like you can't you can't go nowhere without taking a picture with them or giving them a hug or signing something for them so it was like it's a it's a great feeling though especially it's a, it's a definitely a great feeling
1: And overseas they did like light flares in the in the arenas and like have crazy chance all game like cons, yeah, yeah, so like did you guys ever like with all the smoke flares like you guys are like choke or like or like how does that like like how how crazy is it overseas like over here. You just, you know, you just cheer when they score, and that's it. But, like, overseas is constant, constant chanting. Cool. So, like, speak on that. Overseas,
0: it's a little different because some, some, uh, some places don't have, like, soccer or stuff like that because in Europe, that's where they base it off. But, like, some teams just have basketball. So it's like they take it a lot more serious. Okay. So, like, if it's a bad call, you'll see them yelling or try to throw a water ball at the rest or something like that. Like, they, they, get, they get into the game more than the players are sometimes.
3: So
1: it's a little crazy. Have you played overseas?
2: Yeah, so I, I had an opportunity to play in Spain overseas. So oh, nice. yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's, it's crazy over there. Like they they really are true hard fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're when you're playing good, they're always supportive, no matter how you're playing, whether you're playing good or bad. And they're always heckling the other team. So that's you know it's like having a, a another another teammate on the court with you at the same time so the crowd is always great oh, that's, cool. Yeah. that's
1: cool what is it like with speaking different languages or learning different languages overseas
2: it was tough for me at first mm-hmm. because I, we learned spanish in school but over there they spoke a different kind of spanish yeah. it was like yeah. called yeah. catalan spanish mm-hmm. so it was a little bit different but mm-hmm. um, you know you got to try to just pick up on it kind of get i had a, a spanish english dictionary so i kind of okay. just used that a little bit okay yeah, cool.
1: yeah. and where did you play overseas and what was the language barrier like
2: I played in Europe, in uh, Kosovo,
0: which is by Albania, so it was a lot of Albanians. So the language was there, it was, it was, it was really tough. Like I couldn't understand, nothing, not, not a word they said, it. it was hard to read the food. It was just difficult. But I got, I got used to it after a while because like some of the players, uh, they go to school and to, they get taught English. So they, uh, they got used to us being out there because I was there for nine months. So they got used to us and then uh, started being a little easier to understand some of the stuff they were saying
1: cuz yeah I mean you had the easier with Spanish we was taught here in the states but like in in Albania we don't yeah we don't, we don't learn that so what is it like having players come from overseas and playing in your on your team in the ABA?
3: Um, it's great um because of their experience. Mm-hmm. And so now when they bring that experience that professional experience um from overseas it helps us integrate as a team better. And um so I mean it's wonderful like this is our first year so uh, we're just going along with with, with the plan that the uh, owners have for us, and uh, we're coming together at the right time. So I'm excited. Okay.
1: So, do you scout them, or do they come to you? Like, how does that process work? From like coming from Albania and Spain to Camden, how does that work?
3: Well, we have tryouts, okay. just like any professional organization. We have tryouts. Um, we make cuts, and then we have training camp, okay. and we're just. Um, trying to identify who's the who's the best talented players out there, and we select them accordingly, and then we uh, put the team together. Now, I, I personally started off as the assistant coach, and so um, throughout the course of the year, I was elevated to the head coach position. So nice. it's, I'm learning as, on the fly, basically. Nice. 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 Yeah.
1: So explain the transition process coming from Spain, coming from Albania, to coming to the ABA. Can you break that down? Um, it's, it's a little bit different.
2: Um, as far as, like, the fans and all that, of course you're playing in, like, stadiums. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a lot bigger. And there's a lot more expectation. Um, but playing here so far, um, I, I like it. It's a great organization. Um, so am stepping my foot in the door. And it's not that big of a difference as far as the mentality because you still, it's still professional basketball. Mm-hmm. So it's really just all about how or what you make it, honestly. Yeah. I agree with said
0: It's mostly just you're just adapting and just play basketball because it's, it's what you love to do. But... It's like little 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 things like the three-point line, the, or you got to get over the half court before a certain amount of time now, like seven seconds now, and then like the the, the LED light too. So that's like a it kind of helps us, but like then again it doesn't either. But we we we, we adapt to it, so it's a uh, it's it's good. And plus,
1: there's no flares this time too, so so you guys can breathe easier, and no crazy chanting. So, all right, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming in and talking about playing for the Camden Monarchs. It was really fun. And um, thank you guys for coming on Sports League. Appreciate
2: that.